I believed, and therefore I spoke out. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. In the seventh book of Plato's epic work, The Republic, appears the allegory of the cave. In this allegory, Plato describes a group of men in a sort of subterranean cavern with a long entrance open to the light on the entire width. Their legs and necks have been fettered from childhood. and They all are able to look only forward and are prevented by their chains from turning their heads. Higher up and at a distance behind them, there's a fire burning between the fire and the prisoners, and above them is a road along which a low wall has been built. Plato imagines men carrying past the cave all kinds of implements and images, human and animal, all of which rise above the low wall. Their presence, the prisoners from where they are chained, see only the shadows of these images as they are projected on the wall by the firelight. Since these men have been imprisoned here for nearly all their life, they accept the shadows as reality. By some chance, one of the prisoners manages to free himself. He turns around and climbs out of the cavern, where he is blinded by the dazzling and vibrant rays of the sun. His first impulse is to turn away from the light and flee back into the comfort of the darkness that he known for so long. But he's constrained by some passerbys who calm him down and help him to adjust to the sun and to accept as real the objects he can touch and see. He realizes that he has for so long taken as shadows, taken the shadows as truth, and now overcome with joy that he has seen the truth of things in all their beauty. He returns into the cave to his companions and relates the fantastic and unbelievable things he has seen, but he fails to convince them. Plato writes, would he not provoke laughter? And would it not be said of him that he had returned from his journey with his eyes ruined and that it was not worthwhile even to attempt the ascent? And if it were possible to lay hands on him and to kill the man who tried to release them and lead them up, would they not kill him? Although Plato lived before the Christian era, his cave allegory finds concrete expression in the Gospels, especially the story of the man born blind. If you remember, the man was blind from birth, and the physical cure which restored his eyesight was disturbing to the Pharisees not so much in the, in the, it was the cure, but who did it? Jesus of Nazareth. The Pharisees were in a rage against the healed man, and they harassed him because they, they were the real blind ones. They asked to see his parents, and they confirmed that he was blind from birth. They asked him again, again, over and over again. So finally he said, you're asking me so many questions. Do you want to become one of his disciples? And then they threw him out of the synagogue. Both the Gospels and the cave allegory provides a good description of what 
it means to be the lot of a Catholic in the world today. It's always been the lot of a Catholic in the world. A Catholic is freed from the fetters of original sin by baptism and gradually comes to a realization and appreciation of the liberating truth Christ has revealed through the diligent study of the faith in the midst of the community of the church and attentive and reverent sharing in the sacraments, in much struggling with one's own rebellious inclinations and with not a little pain of self-denial, he comes to embrace and love the truth in all its rapture and to refuse to be enticed by the transient and empty shadows. The world, on the other hand, with its sycophants, are enamored with the world of shadows, and they consider as nonsensical the doctrines held and revered by the faithful Catholic believer. Now, the world can be extremely vicious in its opposition to those treasured gospel values. The church is ridiculed or opposed frequently in the pages of newspapers, in the Washington Post, in the New York Times, on television. She called by some an obstacle to the progress of the human race, an oppressor of persons, or a bigot. As Catholics, you often share this unpopularity and derision. At work, at school, or in a social gathering, you always stand the chance that you may be a minority of one. You say it is wrong. They say it is not. Need I list all the issues? Abortion, contraception, euthanasia, in vitro fertilization, premarital sex, and lastly, currently, same-sex marriage and homosexuality. We say it is wrong. They say it is not. And the more you proclaim the truth, the more defiant the Pharisees of this age become. They'll try to intimidate you, to ridicule you, to pressure and coerce you. And if that fails, they will then throw you out of the synagogue. The Lord has said this would happen. He said, they will listen to you as much as they listen to me, and they will hassle you as they hassled me. We sense the tension around us. We feel the chill at work, at social gatherings, at school, or even in your own family. Some time ago, a couple expecting their fifth child shared with me the, the anger and disgust that greeted them when they made the announcement of the pregnancy. Her doctor lectured her on polluting the environment. He said, get rid of it. Well, she got rid of him. We are called to save a drowning world. But remember, a drowning person will fight the rescuer and will often take them into the sea. From all you read, from all you see or hear on television, you may begin to doubt whether those values and doctrines you were taught by the church are exactly true, or are you the one out of step? Are you the one in need of catching up with the age? Once, however, you begin to lose your awareness of your special role as a follower of Christ, one who walks in the footsteps of the crucified one. Once you forget the prophetic task 
being committed to you by baptism and confirmation, tasked to be a light to the world, you will begin to weaken and waver, to compromise those things you once so strongly believed in. Then you are denying to the Pharisees of the world that Jesus has given you sight. You have returned to the cave of shadows. You have betrayed the message. The story of Bishop Jaime Soto comes to mind. Bishop Soto was named was one of the John Paul II bishops. He was named a bishop by Pope John Paul II and named by Pope Benedict as the Bishop of Sacramento. The, um, the annual meeting of the National Association Gay and Lesbian Ministries decided to have their yearly convention in Sacramento and they invited Bishop Soto to come. And much to the chagrin and upset of Catholics in the diocese, he accepted. He attended, much to their delight. Then he got up to speak. And Bishop Soto is a very loving person. He exudes love, I meaning he does. And that, that love spread throughout the room, the, the convention hall. But then he said something. In love, he said he had to tell him this. It said sexual relations between people of the same sex can be an allurement, but it is a deviation from the true meaning and act, and it is a sin. It is a sin. Immediately, several people walked out, and he ended his talk with no applause. And he sat there and listened to all the attacks about which was sort of mellowed by because of his loving attitude. He didn't betray the message. Well, the sightless Pharisees of the world convince you that you do not see. Will they coerce or persuade you to renounce the light and to return with them to the cave? Will you let them restore to you the chains? Or are you willing? Are you strong and resolute enough to declare the truth of God? no matter what the cost, no matter what the cost, and in the future it may be great. And do all you can to bring those still bound by falsehood in the shadow, in the cave of shadows, out, out, bring them out into the warmth and brilliance of God's redeeming light. For as scripture tells us, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not and will not overcome it. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost.